0: welcome to one man's opinion brought to you by the elite fantasy fantasy guru and elite sports betting.com and now here's your host jeff man's all right let's go everybody what is going on thank you for uh tuning in. this is the podcast that's sweeping the nation y'all this is one man's opinion welcome to it thank you for liking favoriting downloading subscribing this listening in to this passion project of ours we do so appreciate it one and all indeed this is an uncensored podcast that means the dirty words that means the weird stuff the religious stuff the you do not have free will or we do have free will on this podcast but I mean I will say I am not going to be sensitive to your likenesses and dislikenesses That's not going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to talk like grown adults speak, and your kids shouldn't be listening. And if you have sensitive ears, you should not be listening. My name is Jeff Vance. You hear me weekday afternoons on Elite Sports, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports, Radio Channel 87. I host that program Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, the partial owner and the chief content officer of FantasyGuru.com. Rest of season NFL Package, $29. What this is just two weeks? Well, you get the Super Bowl betting guide. That's a $29 purchase as it is. And on top of all that, you get the offseason package, which includes free agency, the free agency tracker, write-ups, coaching changes, coaching write-ups, and all of our NFL draft products as well. We call it franchise mode. And uh, again, $29 for basically the next six months of fantasy football pretty good deal and if you if you were a uh, draft guide member last year you don't have access to it. i just want you to know unless you uh, got the all in package of course so also uh, available to you the mvp package or vip platinum nba i am nba guy going forward very heavy on daily and nba bets and parlays and prop bets and all of that so and i'll talk some nba believe it or not, on this program today. So we got that going on as well. You can follow me uh, on Twitter, at Jeff underscore Mance on the old X machine, Twitter, whatever we call it, the Jeff Mance, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, uh, Blue Sky, threads, everywhere else, folks. You can find me on social media. We got a lot to talk about here today. I'll recap the divisional round of the Playoffs. I'll talk about the championship round. Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, 49ers. These are the final four teams alive for Super Bowl 58 and going to be an exciting time. That is for sure. So I'll do some of that. I will talk. I want to talk a little NBA betting, why I'm into it, why I'm watching the league every single uh, night. You know, I'll discuss that a little bit. I've got my brain is so scrambled on this show. Yeah, you know, I have so much to talk about. I don't even know what to get to, right? I have like the my core four breakdown that I got to a little bit on the SiriusXM show. I didn't dive into that. We, you know, I have a ton of running back information and takeaways from this current season. And looking forward at that, I have that to talk about here on the show today. I do want to talk about betting. I do want to talk about, you know, some some strategies therein as well. So uh, my brain is a little scrambled. I'm also sweating out some NBA bets as we speak. Let me dive in there, right? I'll get to football. I'll talk about my reactions to the divisional round NFL playoffs as well. We're going to talk fantasy football. I'm going to touch on all of it. Um... I that's one thing if you want to know behind the scenes on elite sports, I have so much content and idea. and I mean, I write it. I write it all up every day in the show plans and Phil Sandro, Ray, Ted, whoever's co-hosted. like we all everybody sees it. There's a ton and we never we get to maybe fifty percent a day. That's on days we're lucky. So there's a lot left over. It's, I said, I have zero gifts in the world. I was given one gift, the gift of gab. And I know sports and I know what to talk about. That's, that's all I got. So let me dive into NBA though. Why am I getting into NBA? What drives me into there? You know, there was a long time that I wanted nothing to do with basketball, the NBA. Um, You know, I grew up a big basketball fan. I was a basketball fan before it was really in vogue. They talk about it in the mid eighties Lakers and Celtics, and that sort of moved the, the needle first thing to really move the needle on the NBA. But I was in, I was in during that period. I was ground floor NBA, you know, and I was lucky because of bird and, and uh, magic and Kareem and these guys I grew up with. And obviously I lived in Chicago. Michael Jordan was the biggest freaking thing on the planet. Right. So like, that was a huge deal and thus you know i just i skyrocketed up there early 2000s i lost interest a little bit it found it you know, the league was post jordan it was more entitlement everybody trying to be the next michael jordan or magic johnson all of that and then the nba referee the tim donaghy scandal and i i'm fucking hate that shit i hate rigged sports That's why i'm so sensitive to it now so sensitive to like when people say the NFL is rigged, not rigged. For fuck's sake, man. Come on, dude. You got to be better than that. We all have to be better than it. Is it fair? Well, I think that's a good question, right? I think that's something that, but it's not rigged. They don't know the outcome before. It's not WWE. They make bad pay, plays, bad calls. There's referees that are. Definitely persuaded by the color of the jerseys, the the color of the player for crying out loud. Like Justin Fields don't get a fucking call to save his life. Let's face the facts, right? But at the same time, uh, and and home teams, and we see that in the NBA too. That's another thing I sort of learned about the NBA. Like, I think it's ridiculous that a home team, that just because you say yay, we yay, I think it's ridiculous that that somehow makes teams that much better. You know what I mean? Like, I really do. I I think it's just absolutely crazy because it shouldn't make anybody – it shouldn't inherently make them better, you know? So just the home and road splits on this. So that – I didn't like the NBA – the NBA is growing a lot. It's a different game. It's not the game I grew up with. It's not the game most of you probably listen. I know my target audience and it's likely not uh you know, we're not all into it. Uh it's not the same way. It's it's a very offensive game. They settle for jump shots everywhere on the court. Shooting half pointers, you know, lazy, they don't get back on defense. All that kind of shit. I get it. But it's also just there's a lot of ball movement. Now, especially the Euro players, you're moving the ball around. There's a ton of length with Webham and Yama, and Giannis Atta and these these guys, foreign players, they've added a lot of speed. It's such a fast game. If you've ever been to an NBA game, man, it fucking moves. These guys are just Clydes. There's not a lot of half court offenses anymore. There's not there's not a lot of hot half court teams that play like that's a lot of running. I mean, it's what made the Lakers so fun back in, in the day. Right. So anyway, um, and then, you know, obviously my son is way into it and having a 13 year old kid that loves the league as well. He dragged me back into it. I, I find a lot of, it's a lot of fun. I think there's similarities between football and basketball, very much a team game, very much of what is happening off ball. As you will, like, I I love looking at coverages, coverages matter, blocking matters. All that shit sets up the production that happens in the NBA all the time too. It's constantly, right? It's just constant with that. So that, that's why I like the NBA. I think it's, I think the systems, the styles matter, you know, all of that matters. Um, but at the same time, it is, you know, it's just, and it's fun. Let's be honest And a sport like the NBA that's similar to what we do. And the styling is similar. The systems matter. The matchups matter for those of us that study these players and these teams and everything Um, that is, you know, immensely important. And it's a huge advantage that's ultimately that's let's face it. That's what you guys want to hear, right? It's an advantage. We have an edge, right? I brought in one of, if not the best basketball slash fantasy basketball slash betting minds and Justin Fensterman into our team that was already loaded with Armando, Marsal, Scott Bonder, Mike, DeBeard, and Chris Rose. And now we add fenced to the mix and man, I'm learning shit every single day. And it's that daily environment. Cause let's face it, for football, we have a losing week, DFS, um, you know, whatever, DFS or a betting or anything. We have a losing week. And what happens? Well, we have to wait a whole nother week, or at least we have to wait till Thursday for it. Right? We have to wait till Thursday for to get redemption. It doesn't work in the NBA it's right away. I mean, fuck, there's late games that go on. If you miss an early game, you can go back and and as long as the process is sound. Say I don't like I don't what I'm not saying to you is chase your your losses. That is not what I'm saying to you. You know? That that is the wrong way to go about it. It's the wrong thing to do. What we want to do is to rebound, get another shot, and then win and make our money back on any losses or compound our victories as well. You know what I mean? That's what we ultimately want. And that's what we can do in NBA. And my process is pretty sound. I use a lot of alt lines, right? Uh, a lot of FanDuel alt line. I mean, very similar to what I do. In NFL betting, you know, and to just do it in the NBA. Like I said, last year was my first year documented doing NBA betting regularly full time. And I was up 36 units from f- the end of February through the finals in June. So, you know, real, uh, it's a really good run. I don't know if I can get to those numbers again or not, but I think that it's the process is very sound. I'm very confident that the process is right. Right. And the fact that I have guys like Justin Fenserman and Armando Marsal and, and my team behind me, I could always, and I, they, you know, I come out of the hibernation and now I'm in their grill all the time, asking them questions, peppering them about NBA and players and teams and pace of play and all these types of things. So um, there's an edge to it, man. And I can't, I can't describe to you how important it is and if you want to make some money and have fun on the regular basis I'm in the NBA Discord over at fantasyguru.com every single night now and uh, we're having a great time it's a lot of fun it really is so get over there and by the way there is 40% off the rest of the year or oh, I'm sorry uh, yeah the rest of the year but it's only last till this week it's for one week cuz Ted Schuster made a guarantee. He guaranteed his college basketball bets, which are included, by the way. And Ted is actually on fire right now in college basketball. He has been all season long, though. It's not a recent winning streak or anything. He has been hot all year long in college basketball. And last Friday, he made a promise that he said if, the, if he didn't hit all four of his bets, that he would give 40% off to people to upgrade and get the package. He didn't hit. He hit two out of two. The two he lost were the same team. He used one team and two different bets, and I told him it was a bad idea. And now, but now everybody gets 40% off. So upgrades, if you're a seasonal member, fantasyguru.com, or you just want that MVP package, which includes hockey, college basketball, all DFS, all betting, all seasonal, everything, get over to fantasyguru.com com you know what I mean so there you go uh all right so that's why I'm into basketball let's talk a little bit about NFL football in the playoffs from last week and some takeaways I'll give you takeaways from each of the games the Ravens and Titan or Texans I mean I mean that was a whitewashing it was you know it was close at halftime so fine. Ravens ran away with it. C.J. Stroud threw for 175 yards. It was a lot of nothing. You know, C.J. Stroud was just not um, it. And his home road splits are very erratic. Let's face it. So his numbers are off when he's away from Houston. And so when he's on the road, it's also he played all one o'clock games, by the way, last year. All 1 p.m. Eastern start times. He didn't play any prime time, any night games, any Thursdays, any Mondays, none of that. That's worrisome, man. That is worrisome. It should be worrisome to everybody out there. Cause when you look at something like again, the record six and two at home, five and three or three and five on the road, fine. Uh touch on interception ratios are fine, but at 108.3 rating. At home, 87.8, which is league average on the road. 22.8 fantasy points at home, 14.56 on the road. That's a different guy. And he's a rookie. I mean, we'll definitely take it. But that was the end of the line for the Texans and for C.J. Stroud on the Ravens' side. You know, the one thing I don't want to hear is how much better the Ravens passing offenses. That's just a load of bullshit. Why do we do that? Why is Why do we... As a society, just assume that the change they made at offensive coordinator, Greg Roman to Todd Monkin, is better. We assume it because they're 13 and four. Well, okay. They were eight and four last year before Lamar Jackson went down, though, right? And then they lost three of the last four and they lost the playoff game by a single score to Cincinnati. All right. So, all right, that's a problem. But what are what do you think they're doing better? Because, you know, I point out the numbers, Lamar Jackson up incrementally, but he's not having nearly as good of a passing year as he had in his MVP season of 2019, right? He, he's, he's significantly down in that regard. Every other number is right on his career pace. His rushing yards are actually down a little bit, right? Passing yardage per game is uh, is up a little bit, up about 15 yards a game. Okay. But the Ravens offense, like, okay, last year, for instance, they were 28th in the league in pass attempts. This year, they're 30th. They're 21st in passing yards this year, 25th a year ago, right? And again, no uh, five games without Lamar Jackson. They may have something to do with it, right? I I mean, I think so. Net yards per attempt, right? 12th last year. They're fifth this year. So that is an improvement. But again, five games now. Is it, it's marginal? Because when you look at the number, you know, last year was... 6.4, yeah, and this year's 6.8. Again, is it a different scenery? Sure, you rearrange furniture. It's working because the team is good. Let's just understand that. And that's something where, like, we'll look at Jordan Love and Brock Purdy, and you start realizing, all right, the organizations are just good. They're good at what they do. They develop players. They draft good talent. They draft good people. They develop good people and talent. They have good schemes. They have good coaches. Right? All of that works. So, you know, that's the Baltimore Ravens are winning maybe a, maybe a Super Bowl championship. I don't want to jinx them, but they won that game last week. Not Lamar Jackson. It's not just one guy. He's the head guy and an important one, but it's more than that. Um, the other game on uh that the Green Bay Packers and San Francisco 49ers. You know, this was one, I talked about it on Monday. I was pretty offended. Again, I'm not going to give that. I'm trying not to give that speech here on the podcast as well. But if you were just, if your entire sports interests pertain to one team or one city set of teams, right, then you're just not somebody that I think I'm going to get along with. You know, I am an honest analyst and an honest person that is not going to lie or manipulate information to try to tell my side of a story. You know, and I think fans, that's what like super fandom is. I got attacked for being a Bears fan. I I was with my nephews. I was at my sister's birthday party. We were watching the game outside, me and my nephews from Chicago were in town, having a a great fucking time. And, like, I opened up social media after the game, and I got attacked for being a Bears fan. Like, what did the Bears have to do? You're just mad. And what happened was is people got mad because I was right about Jordan Love. Throwing off the back foot is ultimately what doomed him in that game. It it was going to happen. Again, it's going to happen in week 18, wild card week, divisional round week. I mean, it was gonna happen. Right? That was always gonna be the outcome. You can't survive like that. And that was just an honest analysis. I'm not biased because I don't play those games. I'm the one who said they should have kept Jordan Love. I'm the one who said they should get rid of Aaron Rodgers and Rod they would be. I said it, one of my top five predictions of the season was that the Packers would be better without Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? That is exactly it. I said that. It was one of my top five overall predictions on the season, and they fucking were. Where's that credit? Now I get blasted for just pointing out that the guy that I said to start anyway that did a great job and I not one deficiency he had. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Such weak, small dick bullshit. That's why people get in fights and arguments. Jeez, you guys got, all of you, even my fans, you guys got to learn to handle your shit. Handle it better. You know, you can't get all fucking tilted and rage against people just because something didn't go your way, because your stupid little team. That's why fantasy was created. Betting and fantasy. If anybody wants to tilt, how about we do this? How about we just show bankrolls? Cool, let's just whip them out, see what's up. Right? Because I guarantee anybody who's tilting over one loss or one bad thing, or especially those that tilt because they're beloved little fucking team. They're the baby team. Lost. They don't have any fucking bankroll. Those are weak-minded fucking loser shit. Well, the Bears did the double doink. Last time they were in the playoffs, double doink. Me and my son watched the game. It was one of the most, the greatest experiences ever. First game I ever watched as a or first game, a long time, the average, as a big time fan with my son, it was a great thing. And the double joint was brutal. And it sucked to lose that game. But in there was never even a singular moment, me or him, I think he was eight at the time, like not even for a second did we think, let's fucking rage against the Vikings fans. Ah, let's fucking take it out on Lions. Huh? Lions haven't done shit in years. <laughs> Packers didn't make it. I mean, who the fuck? Never. Fucking lost the game. Do you know what is funny about that moment, though? I won a, a substantial amount of money on that game. Substa- you know, a, a couple hundred dollars because I was betting on Bovada at that time. It was the only place that was legal. But I, get, I bet against my team. Why? Because no matter what I won. I do that a lot. If I have any sort of emotional t- connection, I will never use money or fantasy draft picks or anything for an emotional feeling type connection. It's always with the brain. But then I'll bet the other side of it. You know, or I'm sorry, or I'll I'll if I have a an emotional attachment, I will put my money on the other side. So that I win no matter what. That's what everybody should be doing. All sports fans should do this in the modern age. It makes no sense to get so high and mighty because your team wins, and so down and alone and and angry because they lose. Fuck those people. Fuck them. You deserve better. All of us deserve better. But it's up to us to actually take that advice and use it. I do. I hope you guys do as well. Where what happens with Aaron Aaron Jones? Like where does he go? This dude is 30 years old. You know, it, it, he looked really impressive but he also didn't play majority of the year. I, I don't know. They got to get Jordan Love's back-footed throws sorted out. That's a really big issue. The you know, Christian Watson had a monster four-week run in 2022. Why did he regress so bad in 2013? Well, 2023, I mean, because he can't stay healthy, number one. But like can but that's the thing. Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks, they look great, but it's it's the first year. So what's I was talking about CJ Stroud, you gotta be careful with this shit. You can't think that they're just gonna be great because they did it once. Right? That's how everybody gets in trouble. And you got to be careful with Jordan Love and the Packers in no way, shape or form. Do I think the Packers are necessarily. Yeah. A lot of talk because they won a playoff game against the Cowboys game. Nobody thought they were going to win, including myself, but a lot of people assumed, Oh, that's it. They got another 15, 20 year quarterback. No fucking way. No way. Mm -mm. Now maybe it does work out that way. Maybe. Right. But you know, I don't know about the modern age, if he's going to be given that kind of rope. You know, remember we didn't have these contract situations. Anybody remember what Aaron Rodgers' record was his first season? Well, I don't know. Well, technically he wasn't starting, but you know, Brett Favre was, <laughs> right? Their first season they were four and twelve. Right. Second season, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. Still, Rodgers did not play. It was still Brett Favre. Right? Then, magically, they were 13-3, and three, made it to the conference championship, lost that heartbreaker in overtime to the, the Giants, who then went on to slay the Dragon, the undefeated fucking Patriots. Then, that was it. Then Aaron Rodgers was given the the uh, the keys to the shed, and Aaron Rodgers had that, and now age twenty five years old, he was six and ten his first season, right? That's Mike McCarthy. Then it then it started. Then eleven and five. Then he was only he was just ten and six that third year, and they won the Super Bowl at age twenty seven. It was just a 10 and six season, though. And, you know, again, I'll say it as a Bears fan. uh, They only won that championship game. They played the Bears in Chicago, by the way, because the Bears won the division that year. Jay Cutler got hurt. Caleb Haney was the quarterback for three quarters of that game for the Bears. And Rodgers and the Packers barely squeaked by. And a lot of that had to do with a pick six thrown by Caleb Haney. So, you know, you start realizing these things and you're like, oh, okay. So without that Super Bowl, without that injury to Jay Cutler, quite honestly, like Aaron the Aaron Rodgers' legacy is completely different. I think it, there's a lot of good that happened from the Packers this year. The other thing we learned from the – but. I, I'm not in any way, shape, or they—they're not world beaters. The offensive line is aging and porous. Their defense is downright bad at times. The secondary is atrocious at times. Jair e. Alexander can't stay healthy either. There's a lot of unsettledness. Running backs: AJ Dillon's a free agent. Aaron Jones is 30 and can't hasn't stayed healthy. Jordan Love needs a contract, so you can't bring in a ton of people because you did draft him and let him sit for two years. So now, you know, going into your four, you got to make some decisions there too, you know, and that's going to restrict them a little bit. So, you know, a lot of decisions to be made. On the San Francisco side, Brock Purdy was a pussy in that game, and I don't think that – and I ran through these numbers on the XM show, but Debo Samuel is – a huge part of the 49ers offense. I don't think people realize that their record with Debo Samuel is 53 and 23. They score 28.2 points per game with him. Without Debo Samuel, they're eight and nine, and they score 22.8, almost a touchdown less per game. They run for less yardage, 138.5 yards to 118 Their turnover differential, plus 25 when Debo plays, minus eight without him. It's a mess. That 49er team, they need Debo Samuel, and he needs to be healthy against this Detroit Lions team, who also didn't look very good against Tampa Bay, I'll say. Talk about that. So we forget all that happened. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers outgained the Lions. They outgained. Passed the Lions. They had more yards per rush attempt, 5.9 to 4.4. Baker threw two interceptions, Golf through zero. The Bucks missed a field goal. They missed a two-point conversion. The Lions had to go for it, fourth and goal, and ran a one-yard touchdown with Craig fucking Reynolds, their third-string running back. I mean, Tampa Bay, they lost by one score? I, I mean... That's you got to be nervous as a Lions fan, especially that's at home against Tampa. Now you're on the road against San Francisco. Thank God San Francisco may be without Debo. But kudos to Jared Goff, seventh quarterback ever to reach the championship round with two different teams. Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Craig Morton, 1970s. I think it was the Broncos and Cowboys, if I'm not mistaken, or the two teams are Craig Morton. But, the, you know, the Lions, it's a great story. It's the team It's a team I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the Lions. I love the underdog. I love the new cities. I love when new fandoms get their ticket to the dance. It's just a great thing. Let's face it. Detroit's the odd man out here. All these other teams, Baltimore's been there before. San Francisco's always there. Kansas City's always there. There's only one team that adds spice to this whole thing. And that's Detroit. So it's exciting. Take nothing away from San Francisco, right? Obviously, you're a 49er fan. You should root for your team, no doubt about it. But at some point, you make Super Bowls, you win Super Bowls, you make NFC Championship games every year. You know, it's like Kansas City. I was so in love with Kansas City four or five years ago. But, dude, you've had enough. <laughs> you know, it's like asking your brother in law to come to a buffet with you and he's eating all the ribs and. All of a sudden, you're like, you know, you kind of want a second helping of ribs yourself, and this motherfucker won't get up from the table. He just keeps plowing through them. And there's not going to be enough for you. Fuck, how about sharing some of them ribbies? You know, how about sharing something? So, um, and then Buffalo and Kansas City. It's Buffalo. What a what a beaten up franchise that is. You know, I will though. I'll take Josh Allen any day of the week, you know, we got to keep our emotions in check. And I'll build around Josh Allen with anybody, any team, anywhere, any place. If if there is a better quarterback in the league, it's Patrick Mahomes. That's the list, by the way. I sent out that tweet a while ago and said, what about C.J. Stroud or Caleb? I did that to throw you all up. There's two guys. There's Peyton Manning, or Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. That's that's the end of the list. You know, we, Ted and I went through and did, Ted Schuster on the SiriusXM show did our list of franchise quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, and replacement quarterbacks. Second straight year, eight franchise guys for me. I gave Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, CJ Stroud, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, and Jordan Love all the franchise tag. Ted gave Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Herbert, Hertz, Dak Prescott, and Justin Fields the franchise tag. So we both ended up with eight. But when you really look within that tier, it's Josh Allen and it's Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, I think if you wanted to put Lamar Jackson and Burrow into it, I think they're right there depending on if, if Lamar can actually get to a Super Bowl. That would elevate him as well. I think Hurts and Herbert deserve it, but in Stroud and Love, obviously these guys have to prove something. You have to prove it, and you have to keep proving it to belong in that tier. So there you go. That's the uh, breakdown of uh, those games, uh, you know, Taylor Swift and Kelsey. I, I Fuck all that shit. That just distracts us from what we need to do, the business at hand. All right. Let me go through. I want to talk about daily fantasy football a little bit. Um, Another thing Ted Schuster and I did this week on the Elite Sports Show. We went through all of our core fours of the week. Just so folks understand the level of analysis that we do. Over at fantasyguru.com. Now, I take being a fantasy analyst very seriously. And I give it my all. I always have content for you. I always have i have an opinion on every player you know i feel that these are the things that are necessary i also have long tracked my success seasonal daily betting now and i think that that i i don't think there's another person on earth that has done that i've tracked every pay line from fanduel draftkings since 2016 and every pay line from super draft since 2019. All right. So like I I see the trends. I see what wins. I see what doesn't win. This keeps us ahead of the competition, right? For instance, like when we look at the pay lines and in daily fantasy football, And something to remember, too, going forward, because spec at, like, 2016, average pay lines, 130.82. 2017, 128.42, right? And this is on FanDuel. 2018, 121.66, went down. Back up in 2019 to 126.99. Then 2020, pandemic year, 126.84. 2021, 120.70. It's a big fucking drop. 2022, 118.84. 2023, 118.50. Almost identical. DraftKings is all over the place. 120, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> 147.02 in 2016 which is fucking crazy, 134.8 in 2017, 129.40 in 2018, 138.46 in 2019, 134.09 in 2021, 124.83 in 2022, 137.95 this year 2023. Why draft DraftKings is erratic because... Everybody builds the same lineup on that site. I know you guys like it better. But there's no chance in fucking hell that you actually win more money. I watch it. I watch it with every analyst. I watch your results. I don't see analysts, DFS players. I don't see any of y'all win on DraftKings. I don't see fan uh, DraftKings players win. I really don't. I think you get free points and crowns and they give you a free ticket all the time because that's what they do. You know, they're a casino. They want you to keep losing. So you keep dumping money in and you feel good about it because you get those extras, but there's not even a close between FanDuel and DraftKings. As far as daily fantasy football is concerned, It's not really close on what product is better. Again, DraftKings is a better interface they have the Millionaire Maker. That's a fun contest. They have a better lineups page for sure. Full point PPR may be something you like a little bit better. I personally don't necessarily, but I would be fine with full point if that's the standard. But I don't like their pricing forces you to do the same thing. Pay down a quarterback, pay down a tight end. It's all anybody does. It's the same line to build every single week, which means 90% of the player pulls out. The player pool is ready-made for you. Everybody plays the same pool. Everybody. That's why analysts and real fantasy insiders and analysts, they don't win over there. Why? Because they know the best pool. They know the best players, and they don't ever win. You don't win with the best lineup. You don't win with million makers with the best lineup. Anytime somebody in the industry wins with uh wins anything, it's they get attacked because they played players not in their whatever they call it core player pool, whatever they play players outside of it happens all the time because the problem with DraftKings, they would fix all their problems that they got away with milestone bonuses, 300 yards, 100 yards, rushing, receiving, you got to get away from those points. They have to also got to get rid of defense. Both sites have to do that. But I, I tracked this stuff for a decade almost now. And it's just, it's FanDuel as consistent as motherfucker, and DraftKings is erratic as a motherfucker, and yet nobody seems to catch on. Okay, keep doing what you're gonna do. Um, Four four, in my article over at FantasyGuru.com, we talk about it on the Elite Sports Show, and it, you know, all different kinds of results over the 18 weeks. Personally, I had 11 weeks of cash game winners, seven weeks of cash game losses. That is technically my worst record in four years and four seasons by one week. I've been 12 and I was 12 and five and then 12 and six in that span, 12 and five when there's only 17 weeks. And then 12 and six, I had a uh, a real good 13 and five year, uh, the first year of 18 weeks. So a little bit down couple bruises on there um but something I'm very proud of i mean we project every week you know i told you what our goals are for quarterback running back receiver tight end i talk about the point totals that we need we aim for 124 points and we set all this up way in advance right so in 2023 if you were so inclined if you had scored 124 points right per week as is your design you would have won um you'd only lose five weeks I'm sorry six weeks weeks three four seven 12 15 and 17. all right so how many is that so that it that you would have lost one, two, three, four, five, six weeks. Yeah. It'd have been better. You've been twelve and six. Twelve and six, yeah. So right, hit your number. Don't worry about all the other bullshit. Worry about hitting one twenty four and you're fucking golden. Absolutely golden. And so, what we do is we give you as much information, do the write ups, and we very articulately tell you how to construct a core four. We give you a running back, a, t- a quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end every single week. And again, we've had the lowest we had was uh, actually week 18 was our worst core four, 37.86 points. We got annihilated. But then we had week eight, we had 98.02 points, which in that week, we scored 98 points to core four. The pay line was only 90. You didn't even need a single, you could have took zeros at every other position. The core four won it for you. That was a domination week. But when we total all of these up and all you know what our core four did on the regular. That was a, we scored an average of 66 points, 66 and some decimal, right? One, that's 55, 57.5%, 57.5% of what the pay line was on the regular. That's a huge advantage. So, By building in our core four, no matter what else you did, you may not think, oh, that's all, it should get 100%. Should do it every week. It's not that hard. Bullshit. Bullfucking shit. The fact that we could project this thing out over an 18-week stretch with all the changes and injuries and weather and all the different circumstances and the fact that we've done it since, I've been doing core four since 2014. Right? We've been recording them since 2015. And Ever since the fact that we can continuously do this and put know exactly what the success and track record is, and you know, put ourselves in the profitable situation, whether it's 11, 12, 13 times out of an 18 week season, is huge. And the core four gives you almost a 12% chance because the amount of salary that we used this season was 44.8% of this the regular salary all right which again we don't keep tabs on this and i only tabulate this shit at the end which is fucking incredible because when you just do the you know straight numbers right when you you do we give you four starters out of nine spots that's 44.4 percent We try to stay within good parameters in the salary, but there's some weeks we use more, some weeks we use less. But we're talking 0.8 or 0.4% more salary than our target. That's fucking amazing. It really is, and I'm very proud of that. All right, I'm very proud. And so if we give you 57% of your points using 44% of salary and we're giving you, that's a 13% increase right there. 13% advantage over what anybody else gives. Then you, you know, factor in the player pools and other lineup and the ownership projections and things that we offer over at fantasyguru.com and shit, man, you have the tools given to you. Um, some fun items, uh, if you didn't hear the XM show, players that we used the most, quarterback was Josh Allen at four. Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, we used three times. Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes twice, Justin Fields twice. So, again, we paid up for quarterback, and we our goal was 20 points per week, and we averaged 23.3 points. We didn't miss a quarterback. It just didn't happen very often. Um, the most random quarterback, I think, that we used – Um, again, we didn't, I mean, Lamar Jackson used once, but he scored the most points. The worst performance, um, from a QB was Herbert in week seven, 11 points, but Matt Stafford in week six, 15.24 points was kind of a loser at the running back position. We averaged 14.1 Fanduel points. Eh, Not again, not exactly what we were going for. Right, we're actually aiming for thirty total between the two positions. So you would like to split that at you know even fifteen per position. So we were a little down on that. We used Bijan Robinson three times, Zach Moss three times, and Brees Hall twice. That was it. You know, other guys that we used in in those spots, um, Javante Williams. He was the worst in week four. He got hurt. In fairness, three point nine points. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin scored 20 points in that game, by the way. So we were in the right spot. Joe Mixon week five, only got 13.4. We used Ramondre Stevenson. He actually worked out 21.7 in, in week 12. Tony Pollard ugh. week 10, just 5.5 points. Devin Singletary 4.6 points when we used him. Blah. We used Rashad White at Shuba Hubbard week, a Amir White week, Jordan Mason, blah. So kind of scattered, didn't just stick to one guy there. Receiver was a home run, right? Average points, 18.91 fantasy points at wide receiver. And we just crushed it at that position. We used uh, Tyree Kill. We only used guys four players multiple times. Tyree Kill twice, Jamar Chase twice, DK Metcalf twice, Michael Pittman twice. Pretty good. We only used like CeeDee Lamb once. We used Jalen Waddle once, Stephon Diggs once. Believe it or not, we used Diggs at a decent week. Well, 13.6. We used Rasheed Rice, Jaden Reed, Nico Collins. Look at all those guys. I mean, that those are that's pretty impressive. We had a bad Cooper Cup week. Week seven. Week seven was just a debacle. 6.9 points for a Cooper Cup that week as well. Blech. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, we had him in a big week. Terry McLaurin, we used once. He kind of shit the bed, 9.3 points only in that one. So, I mean, some good efforts overall, I thought. DK Metcalf, week 18. Week 18 was our worst week. He only got two points. First week, he got 15.6 weeks in week 16, first time we used DK. Anyway, and then tight ends. Tight ends, we we were right on point. We aimed for 10 points from the tight end position. We got 9.7. All right. We used Kincaid and Kyle Pitts three times apiece. We used George Kittle twice, TJ Hawkinson twice. Not bad. uh, Best week was George Kittle. George Kittle was the best week in week eight when we used him at 23.9 points, and the worst week, week four, when he only got us... Uh, 1.9 points. (laughs) So, same guy, different outcomes, right? Other players we used, we hit Tyler Higby week one, believe it or not, Zach Ertz week three. Um, a lot of Kincaid, Kyle Pitts. I mentioned that we used a bunch, and Kyle Pitts hit like, yeah, every week 8.7, 9.8, and then six. And Joku, Gerald Everett. Isaiah Likely, Brevin Jordan. You know, we got all of the, all those players where you Juwan Johnson had a week. So overall, again, results are what they are. Hopefully, you guys understand why it's important to look back at these things. And, and I want you also to know that like I'm studying this stuff. I'm not just dismissing it. I think during the season. Like, for instance, I won $845 on drafters. Remember the best ball site that we did a ton in the, in the summer? I won 845 I didn't learn that until two days ago. True story. Had no idea. I don't look at results until the results have landed. It's all got to be over. And people are in my circles make fun of me a lot for that. But quite frankly, I feel like, it gives me a huge advantage. I'm not changing anything about, I put in copious amounts of work into this stuff so that I believe in it. I know it's true. I know it's the right way. I'm not guessing at it. I understand. And again, I'm not asking you guys to do differently. I do want you to think about it differently. You don't have to put in all the time. You just have to come to me and trust me. Come to our staff, you know, who I employ very uh, specifically. I don't just randomly let anybody in these doors, right? Kind of used to do that. We don't do that anymore. You can trust us. Don't play this like a lottery. Don't. Also, don't expect massive payouts and huge wins right away. This is a build, man. This is long-term stuff that we're doing. I've done it for a long time. And I'm continuing to do it because there's an edge because we have those advantages. You know, it's just, it's important. And you need to trust that I, I'm going to put in all this work. I'm going to frame it. It's my job. You guys go do your jobs, work, family, fun, do all your stuff while you're doing that. I'm pounding out this shit. I'm going through all these numbers. I'm going through where we can get better at what we have to change. If anything, DFS, betting, seasonal, draft strategies, plans. I have your back on this shit. Every number is accounted for. Every result is accounted for. It's not accounted for at halftime of the fucking games, though. As I'm recording this, I've got an asshole in our NBA Discord who's going fucking nuts, angry at me, because he's, I was, I'm was. i one and one on NBA bets tonight. And this motherfucker, the other games just started in halftime. And of course, results aren't in, so we're losing that bet so far. But it's he's they're on, all the guys that are on pace, Josh Giddey, Jalen Williams, these guys are on pace to hit. I'm confident they will hit. But I mean, why why are you upset now? Now is, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, it's just a such an odd way to behave, and it's just not something that You know, I I don't do that. I wait for all this stuff to happen. And now, right now, I'm going through the results week by week, inch by inch. And I'll go through the entire season, every single thing, so that we didn't miss a step. We knew what was going on. We know we formulate our plan for next year, and it started already. All right? So just know I have your back on this stuff. And, you know, that maybe they don't question it so much, you know. I'm all about asking questions and things, but you know, don't, don't think that I'm just willy nilly fucking waking up. Hey, you know, I think you should play GK Metcalf this week. Uh, you know, it's big and strong. That's fun. Like that's not what that's not what any of this is. And maybe you've had that experience at other places. And I know there's other services. I, I know there's services out there that. Our garbage that don't provide you any kind of analysis, never talk about their own records, embellish their own records. They're up a hundred thousand units, right? All this kind of shit. I, I know I worked with a lot of these guys. I see the other companies. I know, I know what's going on there. You know, I can't tell you anything else, but don't trust them. You know, you trust them. But you don't, I, I mean, I don't know. You don't trust them. You shouldn't trust them. Some people. There's good people, too, in the industry. Don't let me just say, everybody but me is great. It sucks. That's not what I'm saying. You got to be careful. That That's my point right there. Um. All right, shit, man. We are... Uh... I don't know where this hour has gone. I don't like to keep you more than hours. statistics say that people will not listen longer than an hour. I'm supposed to only do like 45 minutes on these, and I always go over the hour anyway. So let's just – I'll talk about the championship games that are coming up here this week, Uh, Baltimore and Kansas City, Detroit and San Francisco. Let's face it – you can make an argument for the Cowboys, but this is the, these are the matchups we all wanted anyway. Um, Very, you know, the bills could have been the bills instead of, but two best teams in each conference got there and two very good supporting teams got there as well. The chiefs and the Ravens passed the victory here. Lamar Jackson has to throw for more than 152 yards. That's what he has to do. He actually has to really make plays with his arm. He didn't do that last week. You know? It's the only thing I'll ever... Oh, I'm going to challenge Phil Backer. Phil Backert is in... He's the biggest Ravens fan I know, but he's in la-la land when it comes to the passing offense here. That was not great. He had 123 net yards. Mm. Passing. Now, 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns rushing. Lamar, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> but... They're gonna to have to do better against Patrick Mahomes. I'll be honest though, I don't think Mahomes can or will score. Like this is one of those games, and I, I'm not doing my official wagers on this show. It's still early in the process. Get to fantasyguru.com. It's $29 fucking dollars. You motherfuckers better be betting at least $50 on the games anyway. Maybe you bet ten dollars, but you bet you know, think about it. If you bet twenty five dollars on each game or $20 on each game. Fucking $15 on each game. See, where's my math skills? That's more than the whole package the rest of the year. $15 per game this weekend alone? What the fuck? But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to play the alt-line under total. I'm playing the under on this one. I don't think... The Ravens, remember, only scored 10 at halftime. It was a monster fourth-quarter barrage in that one. You know what I mean? They didn't really have to. There's 10 points that are unnecessary in a way. Not un- Nothing's unnecessary, but superfluous. You won't get that against Kansas City. So I don't think the Ravens score more than 20. They definitely don't score more than 24, and I don't think the Chiefs score more than 20. So I'll jack this up a little bit on the under, but I'm going to go under the total points, that's for sure. We look at a line like it's 44.5 right now. On that and the Ravens are three and a half point favorite. I think the three and a half is is good. I don't want to mess with that number. Obviously, what I would do is move it down to minus two and a half. And I'm not saying I'm not it's not necessarily my bet here. But if you were to do that and go under, I don't know, 51 and a half. That's a plus number bet. That's somewhere that I want to be. I do think the Ravens will win this game. I think it'll be lower scoring. My ultimate thing with Kansas City is how are they going to score? They're not going to be able to run. I don't think they could pass on Baltimore either. Will they make a big pass play? Sure, because it's Patrick Flippin' Mahomes. But look at what Marquez Valdez-Scantling did last week. Like, do we, any of us legitimately have that belief in our heart and soul? Do we believe that Valdez-Scantling is going to catch 62 yards worth of balls? Kelsey, two touchdowns. Is he going to hold on? I don't know. That's where I'm at with that game. And the other one, Detroit and San Francisco, obviously. Uh, This one, both teams, Kyle Shanahan's a choke artist. I talked about that in the XM show. But so is Dan Campbell. He's setting himself up to be a choke artist himself. Some terrible decisions, including the fourth down call to run Craig Reynolds. This is going to be a battle of two teams that are just going to try to give the game to each other. I think it becomes close. You know, the Lions plus the points is what I'm looking at because I I don't see San Francisco. And again, we have to see Debo Samuel. If Debo Samuel's on the field, oof, then it's a whole different ballgame. But the Lions right now, as we sit here, and again, you guys will know this if you're listening Friday or Saturday. But I think that that will be um I think the Lions plus the points are probably the way to go. I don't think they're gonna pull off the win. But when you get the Lions right now plus 14 and a half at minus 275, woo, 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 woo. And those total points, again, I'm I'm leaning under here. This is a 50 spread. We'll see what the weather's like, but one thing I noticed out of Brock Purdy is check down, check down, check down. Like, he was scared to death to make throws down the field. It'll be a lot easier to do it against Detroit than it was Green Bay. I shouldn't even say that. It's not a lot easier. Green Bay's not a good secondary either. But I kind of do, I kind of look at this like, you know, Move it up to like under 56 and a half, something like that. Yeah, I mean, Detroit can score, San Francisco can score, but how conservative will both offenses be? We've seen Detroit get in the shells many times. And if it wasn't for a heroic final drive by Brock Purdy and a 50 yard touchdown run, well, 39 yard touchdown run from Christian McCaffrey. In that game, like the 49ers score 17 points against the Packers at home. So that's that's the pass to victory for all those teams. Um, as far as predict, I'll predict a winner. I don't want to, cause I'll say it'll be Baltimore. I'm gonna say ball. Yeah, it'll be Baltimore and fuck it. I'm going Detroit. I'll go Detroit on that. You know, again, if Debo plays, it's a whole. You, you can't. Uh, it's just a different animal. If, if Debo plays, I do think San Francisco will win. I think he's that important. I re- and the numbers bear that out. I've always, I've known he's important. I've never sat down and ran the numbers though, just because it wasn't that big of a deal at those times, and we only care from a fantasy perspective n- most of the time. But it bears it out. It's important. But I'll go with Detroit as we sit right here. So there you go. It'll be a good Super Bowl, and plus that busts the whole narrative. Oh, the colors of the Super Bowl, San Francisco, Baltimore. It's only because of that—that that whole bullshit that it's rigged—and all of that, it just ends all that drama as well, which uh, would be delightful, and it'd be a hell of a good Super Bowl with Detroit and Baltimore. So there you go, folks. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, Threw a lot out there. If there are topics you want to hear, hit me up at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Threads, blue sky, hit me up if you're fantasyguru.com, subscriber, get me in Discord, always there, hit the man's cave up. I'm in there every day, I'm in the NBA room every single day. If you want to try out NBA betting, if you want to dip your toes in, you're just trying to learn something. Folks, that's what we're here for. We're here to make you better. We're here to get better every single day. And uh, you do that over at FantasyGuru.com. If you're interested in upgrading or signing up and you're not sure on the pricing and how much this costs and 40% off discount right now, just send us an email. Support at FantasyGuru.com. Our guy, Ted Schuster, happy to help you walk you through all of that uh, process and tell you straight up, what do you get? What don't you get? What's included? what's not included in whatever package that interests you as well folks that's gonna do it thank you for tuning in thank you for telling a friend spread the word everybody hope you like these episodes if you have ideas for me you research projects teams players strategies that you want me to dive into happy to do it just hit me up on the social media platforms out there you may disagree with some or maybe every damn thing you heard on today's show and that's perfectly all right folks we don't judge and it was just one man's opinion We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuce.